everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we start a new series talking about prayer. Teach us to pray. Looking at the various forms of prayer and how they impacted my own personal story. Hey guys, welcome back. Do you ever feel like prayer is kind of like this weird, awkward, mysterious, formulaic kind of thing that maybe we only do when we like want something or need something or life is falling apart and other times we aren't even sure really how to do it or what it's supposed to look like? Maybe you've been burned by prayer in your past and are just not really sure how to even begin to communicate with God again. So this series is going to just be talking about some different forms of prayer, especially us evangelicals or ex-evangelicals. We don't really have necessarily a framework of how to pray. A lot of the more liturgical churches have common prayers that are prayed or certain ways that you can begin your day with prayer and stuff like that. And we don't really have that in evangelical world. It's supposed to be this organic thing that just kind of happens. And yet, So many of the times it's not, it just becomes this awkward thing instead. So I just want to encourage you guys in this next few weeks as we look at prayer and various forms of prayer and ways that we can pray. And I want to encourage you that prayer does not have to be this awkward formulaic thing, but in reality, it's a way that we can communicate with God. Think of prayer as a form of communication. It's building a relationship with God and enjoying our relationship with Him. In a way that I like to think about communication, it's kind of like how I think about writing and podcasting and speaking. Like I like doing all those things, but really it's because I like to communicate. I like to get my words out there. And prayer is the same way. It gives us a chance to really connect and communicate with God, both listening to Him and talking to Him. So we're going to kind of tell my story today. And then, like I said, I'm going to talk about different forms of prayer over the next few weeks. I wonder if any of you guys have like this awkward prayer thing that you instantly think of the word prayer or awkward prayer and the situation pops into mind. And as I was getting ready for this podcast, I was thinking about all the different times that I've encountered awkward prayers. Even like my kids are so quick to point out times when they're like, I don't think that person's really talking to God, mom. I think they're just trying to impress other people. Yeah, you might be right, babe. You know, I remember times that I can be like, this is really awkward. Like, I don't, this person is just praying this long and beautiful, eloquent prayer, but like, ah, it's just weird to hear it. Or the times when people are just definitely trying to find the right formula to get to God and get him to do what he wants, they want him to do. I specifically remember going on a missions trip when we were in college and it was, a weird missions trip. I don't know if I've ever told you this story or not, but it was weird. We'll get there maybe someday. And uh, it started out weird because we were with a group of people who were very much faith healing. And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't even know what faith healing was, but it was this idea of like, if you don't pray in faith and basically expect God to do something that you're obviously never going to get it, you have to pray with faith and you will automatically get your result kind of a thing. And so this lady wanted prayer for her knee and you know, I got down and I just asked God, if it's your will, would you please heal her knee kind of a thing? And 
And that's how I prayed. And um, I got rebuked later because I had asked if it was God's will. And according to these people, it's always God's will to heal. And therefore, my lack of faith prevented her from getting her knee healed. Um, Awkward. That's what I'm talking about. Do you have awkward prayers? Have you ever felt like prayer results depended on you? I remember thinking about back when I was probably in high school, just the need to have this huge prayer list going all the time because somehow the results of people's lives depended on my prayers. And it's a good thing that's not really true because I can't even tell you how many times I've told somebody, oh, I'll be praying for you. Ha! And it never happens. That's like the catch Christianese phrase that we use to get out of the uncomfortable situations. Like, oh, I'm sorry that happened. I'll definitely be praying for you. And then you can move on. But do we actually pray awkward? Probably not. Or how about those times when you just sit there and you have no idea what to say? Like you feel like you probably should be praying or you think maybe you could be praying, but you sit there and you have nothing to say. You don't even know where to begin or how to get started. And it just feels really, really awkward. So we're going to talk about this, about prayer, about awkward prayer, about genuine prayer, about forms of prayer, and really just kind of dive into what does it look like to use prayer as a way to communicate with God, not as a way to get something from him, not as a formula to twist his arm, anything like that, but to actually connect with our creator, to spend time with the Holy Spirit. What does that look like? So if you've been following this podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard my story by now. And it's a story of how I was in the occult in the 90s and early 2000s. But Jesus found me anyway. When he showed up unexpectedly, as I was praying one day when I was 15, I was not expecting the presence of God to just appear in my bedroom like it did, but it did. And I was in shock and I was surprised. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean he's real? Like, real, real, and I can feel him and I can know him, well, then I definitely want to get to know him. As I began to get to know God, prayer was just a natural part of that experience. If he was real, then I wanted to talk to him. And so all these things that I began to do without even knowing they were a form of prayer, it was just kind of in my little heart, my natural little heart, just saying, I want to get to know God. There was forms of prayer that I used I didn't even know were a thing. I totally began this contemplative prayer practice and listening prayer and I journal prayed and I took prayer walks and I did this stuff just out of a heart that wanted to know God, that wanted to spend time with him, that wanted to experience his presence. I have such vivid memories of taking these long walks down the farm road next to our house. There was a like a two track basically for lack of a better word that went along our yard in between that and the farmer's field. And it went way out into his field so that he could get out to wherever he needed to go. And it was kind of overgrown and grassy. And I just remember walking that long, long path road out into the middle of the fields, just talking to Jesus. And just, I'd come back, my skirts were all wet. And it was just a beautiful thing. Sometimes I would just go blasting out of the house barefoot in my skirt and just go take a walk with Jesus and just talk. You know, it was that relationship with Jesus that eventually helped me to recognize that the God that I knew and the God that my cult were talking about were not the same God. They couldn't possibly be the same God because they didn't line up. And it was my relationship with Jesus that just helped to regulate me and helped me to 
orientate me to just the real world as I got out there and was in college and was learning how to interact with normal people and normal situations. It was my prayer walks down at the cemetery or at the park or wherever, where I would just spend this time with Jesus, just talking to him. It was a natural part of my life. And I honestly didn't know any better. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to spend time with God. There's seasons in life, guys. My single season of life is definitely where most of my lengthy prayer happened. I have very, very special memories of evenings in my basement bedroom while I lived with my aunt and uncle and was going to college where I would light candles and just listen to worship music with a fuzzy blanket and just sit there in God's presence and enjoy him where tears would run down my face and I would just be spending, you know, an hour with him. Like it was nothing to just sit there with an hour of time going by. And as life went on and you have marriage and you have kids and you have jobs, I obviously don't have the same extensive time available that I did when I was single. But so many of those practices have continued, whether it's journaling prayer or contemplative prayer or prayer walks and stuff like that. And I just feel like this is a huge part of why I'm still a Christian after deconstructing and reconstructing and going through just the spiritual trauma and abuse that I have. I know that it's my relationship with Jesus. Like I can tell you a specific time in my life about six years ago where I was like, if I didn't know Jesus, I would be done. I would be done with this thing called Christianity because it hurts. It's hard. And this can't possibly be the right way for things to go. And yet because I knew Jesus, because I had that relationship with him, I was able to just survive and hold on a little bit longer. Guys, prayer should never be something that we do from guilt or shame. And I think so often it gets kind of pushed that way at you. Like, well, what are the applications for today's sermon? You should be praying more. And then we get this feeling of like, I should be doing this, but I really don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get started. I don't know how to even talk to God about this kind of stuff. And yet I feel this shame or guilt. It's not about that. Like true prayer is because we want to. We're coming to God with a heart of desire, a heart of saying, I want to seek your face. I want to get to know you. I want to meet with you. And it's something that we want to do. If you're not there yet, that's okay. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what the things that have happened in your life. But I would ask you to ask God to make you want to meet with him. And I would hope that over the course of the next few weeks, as we explore these various types of prayer, that something would stir in your heart and that you would say, I want to try that. I want to try that and see what happens. And as I've said before so many times, guys, if you've gone through religious trauma or spiritual abuse and people have told you who God is, but that God is not good and that God does not love you and he is not full of grace, it's not the real God. And so I would encourage you, if you can, if you're able, if you're at the place where you can just push that false God aside and seek the real God, seek him through prayer, seek to know who he is, seek to know his heart. If you're at that place where you're ready for that, I think this could be a really great few weeks with you and me as we talk. And I would love to hear how God meets you. Guys, God wants to know us. One of my very favorite verses I looked up this morning for my Substack email that went out, and it was it's from Acts 17. And Paul is talking to a group of people in Greece, and he's telling them, it's men of Athens, actually. He's telling them that God is so close. 
And he talks about in the hopes that they should just reach out their hand and search for him and find him, kind of feel around for him. The idea of like groping in the dark, trying to find him. And it says that he'll be found by you because he's not far from each one of us. And I just love that. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you are feeling lost, if you are feeling like you're not even sure what you believe anymore, or if he's even real, I would just encourage you, let go of that God. If your God does not fill you with hope, it isn't the real God. Let go of that fake God and reach your hand out for the true and living God because he is right there and he wants to be found by you. And he cannot wait to reveal himself to you. And so as we talk about prayer the next few weeks, and just as a way to connect with him, a way to connect your spirit to his spirit, a way for you to just sit in his presence, I truly hope this is something that you will be able to do. And guys, if you're already here and you're already with me and you're like, yes, Christy, I love prayer. Like I love spending time with Jesus. Then I hope this next few weeks are just an encouragement to your soul. And I would love to hear what you're thinking. Like, how are you inspired to pray? What are some of your favorite prayer types or techniques or whatever it is? What do you love to do? What is a way that you find yourself so connected to God? Please share that with me. You can email me. You can find me on my socials, my website. I would love to hear from you. Guys, I want to finish with just a reminder and kind of a story about Jesus. When I was in Israel back in 2015, I can't believe it's been that long. I want to go back so bad. But when I was in Israel back in 2015, we got to visit Nazareth, the town where Jesus was born, where he grew up. Most of his life was spent in Nazareth. And Nazareth is kind of in the bottom of a bowl of mountains. And so the town sits at the bottom of this kind of valley, and all around it are these hills, these mountains that go up. And I thought about the passages of scripture where Jesus talks about going up on the mountains to pray. As is with his disciples, he's going off all the time to the mountains to pray. And sitting there on the top of the hill, overlooking the town of Nazareth down below me, and then turning and overlooking just the Sea of Galilee area around me, I realized that Jesus spent his entire life in a town where he could easily run up the mountains to spend time with God. And it just caught me off guard. It made him so real. Thinking about boy Jesus and teenage Jesus and young man Jesus just walking up the very hills that I was sitting on, looking out over the valleys and looking back at his town and just talking to his father. And I love that. And guys, if Jesus, who was God, took time away to be with God and talk to him, how important is that for us? This is not a shame thing. I just want you to want it. I want you to want to know God. Guys, our hearts were made to connect with God. We were created to connect. But the brokenness of this world affects everything. And so even now, our hearts resist or we make up excuses or we say why it's not possible. But we were made to connect with God and he is longing to connect with us. We'll be talking about prayer practices for the next few weeks, and I'm super pumped about it. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.